open up in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, we come before you one more day. Hallelujah, Jesus. But we come to seek for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. To no longer be deceived by the wiles and the tricks of the enemy, whose only interest is is to take all of God's glory away from him. And he knows that the only way that he can do that is to have us deceive, to be ignorant of his devices and ignorant of what God's word has to say to us. So Father, I thank you for removing the scales, awaking us to recognize the schemes of the devil, and then have enough courage and knowledge to speak against it and to declare in the atmosphere what he cannot successfully do, but who our Lord is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So, Father, I thank you for preparing our hearts to be able to receive what the Spirit of the Lord has prepared for us this day. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for continually showing me the things I need to see so when I speak, Master, it be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Now, when I'm preparing for any message, whether it's Bible study service or to speak somewhere else, I always ask God to reveal to me what you would have us to know out of your word. I'm saying this to say, that this is when I know when he starts giving me scriptures to support the precepts that he's giving me. This is God is speaking. And so we have a responsibility to receive. He says, you have not because you, okay. So we're going to have. And I'm just praying that you be open to receive because this is, this is, Nothing new that I started today. I've been doing this for years. But as our, our um, world becomes the way it is, God's word becomes more prominent. And he will speak some same things he's already spoken that we didn't hearken to. But he's ready for us to, to get on board with. Amen? Amen. So we're in Philippians chapter 2. And this is going to be part two of what have you been called to do for the progression of the gospel? And this may sound strange to some of you because you think all you're supposed to be are pew-seaters. God has called every living soul that has accepted him as their Lord and Savior to work in his kingdom. Amen. 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 There's no high folks and no low folks. We all have been called. So, okay, I'm going to uh, read. We're, we're only going to do nine verses. Philippians 2, beginning with verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation to Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, 
Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other be better than themselves. Hmm, I better say that again and again and again and again. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to go back and try to dissect these scriptures. When he says, if there be therefore which really means based on the verse of 127, and I'll read 127 to you. Only let your conversation be as becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. If we are having our conversation based on the gospel of Christ, we will automatically be one mind, striving together in one spirit, okay? And operating in one faith. So he's saying, based on that information, so now, after those instructions, let's continue on in unity and steadfast to progress the gospel. That's what, that's what he's saying. Because he's saying, well, if since, since there is consolation, this is how we're going to read this, because this is what Paul means. Since there is consolation in Christ, and comfort of love, and fellowship of the Spirit, and of, of, to make complete and have, have um, sacrifice, then the gospel, I'm saying this part, but I believe this is what Paul was saying, is the only message to preach and teach, and it must be, and it should be our first priority. Because you're only going to come to understand the love of Christ by hearing the gospel. You're only gonna get consolation by hearing the gospel. The only comfort that you can ever receive in life will come from the gospel Amen. that was done in the death of our souls by the word of God and by his spirit, which is his grace and his mercy. Amen. To preach and teach the gospel, it must be done, and it should be our first priority. The gospel was not written for us to come here, read it, sit up, and, and go through the formality of it, and, 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 and then at the end go back and do what you were doing all along, continuing life the way you know it. When the, he says the Bible is supposed to transform our thinking, so when I hear the word, 
and I asked the Lord to put that word and buried it in my heart. It's supposed to change how I'm thinking so that I don't do the things I did before. I don't do as I have done in the past. I have a new way of operating. Amen. You don't come just to sit because you're being obedient to what somebody has told you to do. You come because you're hungry and you're thirsty to hear a truth that's going to make you free. There's nothing in life or anyone in this world is more important than the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ. This is why Satan keeps division among believers. No matter the denomination, because I'm talking about people who are in faith. I'm not talking about cults and religions, okay? So no matter the denomination, he will bring division to demoralize the gospel of truth, the gospel of good news, the gospel of redemption from sin. He don't want us to get the understanding. He doesn't want us to get the message of what the gospel is all about. And, and the good news is that there is a truth that will make you, set you free. That you have been redeemed from sin and darkness. And you don't have to operate according to the dictates of this world. He also wants to keep us in disunity. Division among faith with believers. Division among the faith with believers because of philosophy and socialism that's being taught opposed to God's gospel word. He also wants to keep us in the lack of freedom, which is due to the absence of Jesus' truth. Okay? Now, no wonder our light is just a flicker. Because the real power is the rising of saints in faith and the knowledge of their Savior, Jesus Christ. I am fed up to hear about people, well, there's no power there, talking about different places. The power that they're looking for is sensationalism. Okay? It's for people to be go, ooh, and ah. No, I want to hear, oh, because you got it. Because you got it. And that means, oh my God, the light has just come over this darkness I've been operating in, the lies I've been believing, and now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. And when that happens, you don't have to say anything else after that. Your walk is going to dictate what happened to you in that moment. Unity and love are two virtues. Okay, I'm combining uh, verses 1 through 5 in, in, in all of my little saying. Are the two virtues that Paul majored in and stressed to the churches. Okay? You never hear him trying to enforce being powerful and anointed. Why? Because that would be putting the cart before the horse, going nowhere. Then you want to major on the minor. When in fact, when you major on the major, you're just automatically going to be powerful and anointed. Because he comes to anoint all of us, and he says, the, all that power that is given to him, I give unto you. Not 
a group, a remnant of people, but to everyone who's able to receive his word. Amen. Certain people who operate in the power and anointing of God are not a selected few. It's just those who chose to obey and have faith. Now, if we are to be true followers and be like the Lord, then we must focus on the traits that the Trinity or the deity displayed and modeled for us, which is love and unity. Do you see, read anywhere, but when you read about the Trinity and the deity of Christ, talking about uh, power and anointed, the only thing you hear about is love and unity. Jesus says, I come to say what the Father has told me. If you see the Father, you see me. If you see me, you see the Father. The Holy Spirit says, I only say what the Father tells me to say and do what the Father tells me to say. That's unity. And that's love. Therefore, they're powerful. And they have the greatest authority on the earth. Amen. Now, when Adam and Eve let Satan deceive them into thinking that by disobeying God and eating from the tree that would give them the same knowledge God possessed that would make them equal to God and be as powerful, it put them and the world first in great deception, second in sin, third in shame, and fourth uncovered. Four represents man all of which left them confused because that's what happens. When we are deceived and deceived to sin, which then causes us to be shamed and now uncovered because you remove the covering of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, you're not sitting under his covering in sin, okay? Huh. When that happens, it leaves you with confusion. Mm-hmm. And this was all set up for mankind's delusion and failure. See, they were delusion to think something that they didn't even have to think about. Because you see, they were already equipped with all that they needed and had as much power as they needed to have already, okay? All that they knew, but they opt to want to know the evilness of this world. When you want to know as much as God knows, then you know what you didn't need to know. And it caused a great fall. Now, let me point out this. What happened in the garden was a setup for the rest of mankind. Amen. So now we all walk in delusion and failure when we don't have our eyes on Jesus and the cross. And because of that failure is why we need Jesus and why Jesus came. It wouldn't have been a need for a Jesus to come as a lamb and as a savior. Ah, oh, glory, glory, glory. We need Jesus, the cross, and the blood to bring us back to where they were originally before sin. And that's safety, redemption, and for a covering and the truth. 
So do you understand why it is so necessary for us to major in hearing the gospel, reading the gospel, and following God's way? This is not a club. This is not a religion. This is not some kind of outlet that you get to come to on certain days. This is a way of life and has been provided for in order to transform how we think so we can have victory over Satan who is always busy, always trying to take you away from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He doesn't do this on certain days at certain times. He's operating 24-7. And if we don't digest the truth, we won't be able to combat his attacks. We won't even recognize, first of all, glory, that you are being attacked. So anyone who thinks they are good without Jesus or think that they are good, period, (laughs) or think that their religion, not faith, makes them okay without the proper understanding who the savior of the world is, are not saved. And they're delusional. And they are in the same state as Adam and Eve was in the garden when they committed the original sin. If you do not speak of or take claim to Jesus and the work of the cross, all you have is religion and the Bible doesn't say religion or politics will make you free, but that the truth will set you free. Let's go over to a few scriptures and, and kind of talk about this. So let's go over to John 8, verse 32. And it says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, shall make you free. Okay. Now, we need to understand why God is saying this. Okay, because he's talking to Abraham's seed. And, he, and, and plus, we, we as human beings, because we were born in original sin, are delusion. And, and so we do and say things that doesn't represent a follower of Christ. All right? So, so, so ever so often, Jesus has to come to speak to your spirit. Now, that's providing that you have invited the Holy Spirit to live in you. Because if the Holy Spirit isn't living in you, you will never be convicted of stupid stuff. You will never be convicted of sin. Okay? Because you don't have ears to hear. And the kind of ear that I'm talking about is in your heart, not on your head. The ears on your head allow you to hear intellectual worldly things, but the ear in your heart allow you to hear what the world don't know and can't understand. I'm going to read 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. Do you, you see what he's saying? And you shall know the truth. If you are a disciple of Christ, you are in his word. Otherwise, you can't be his disciple. Oh, God, you just prayed a prayer. (laughs) And if you are in his word, then you are going to know and learn the truth. And that truth is going to make you free. So when we begin to think, act, and walk like the world, we need to say, oh, God, where am I missing this? I repent. Lead me back. 
Okay. Now, I have to read. Go over to chapter 18 of John. Chapter 18 of, of John. And the key verses here is 37 and 38. But I'm going to read uh, some more after that. Because I love it. Uh, this is one of my favorite uh, chapters in here when Jesus is talking to Pilate. And he, it sounds like he's talking to him like we talk in, in today's language. But, okay, 37, 38 says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest. <laughs> in other words, you said it. <laughs> that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. For everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Okay, that means because you belong to him. You can't hear his voice if you don't belong to him. Okay. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Isn't that interesting for, he to, for Pilate to make that statement after that conversation with Jesus? He had a, a, enough wisdom to understand that what Jesus had said had nothing to do with what the Jews was trying to crucify him for. Okay? So, okay, then let's, let's go up to uh, 33 and then come back down in, uh, to those scriptures. In that same chapter, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of, my, of thyself, or did others tell it to thee of me? <laughs> and and, 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 and in other words, uh, did my father reveal this to you, or are you just repeating what you heard? Okay. Pilate answered, I am a, am I a Jew? In other words, how would I know if I'm not a Jew? Pilate knew a little something, something. He just didn't know enough to be free, okay? Because he knew that that had to be a promise to the Jews. They were the promised people who who supposed to have a greater understanding of knowing who their Messiah is, okay? Thy own nation and the chief priests had delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, that's the phrase that we need to hold on to right now. Okay? Because we are listening and being moved by the wrong things. And we don't realize we are just aliens here. We don't belong here. We are just aliens who have the blessed opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine so men can come to know him. Okay, on barred property. We don't, this is not our residence. This is not our inheritance. Our inheritance is waiting for us after this life. So you better get this life right so that you can cash in on your inheritance. Because I don't care what any dead relative had left you, that don't equal up to what you are really going to get. Amen. And so he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? Oh, y'all, oh, glory. I, I can't hardly take it. Y'all are y'all missing this. You wouldn't have to be battling. <laughs> 
freedom. Everybody will be in one agreement. But because we don't, there is a division. Mm. He says, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, art thou a king then? Jesus answered, thou sayest that I am a king. To this end, to this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth because the lie is in the world. And for this reason have I come. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Amen. Amen. Oh, glory. And when you opt to operate contrary to that truth because you've been bombarded with TV and YouTube and everything else, then you, you need to either repent or recognize you don't belong to him. Amen. Amen. When I looked up truth, and because it's in the New Testament, it's a Greek interpretation, okay? The Greek word for truth is verity. You don't get any sure than that. As not concealing. Amen? And the Greek word for free is liberate, exempt, deliver, or moral liability. That's what we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Do you, oh my God. I don't care what's going on. We are free. And as long as you can keep your mind on that, you will be protected and covered because some stuff is going to happen, baby, in this world. And if we are not rooted and grounded in knowing who God is, then we're going to do some great suffering. So do not depend and, 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 and be waiting for somebody for a piece of clay to get in the office to determine our future. It's in the hand of the Lord. And if you know him and, and you stay in his hand, then you will not be destroyed. And the first thing that's come to destroy you is your emotions and your mental capacity. And when he has that, he has the rest of you. When, when he can dictate to you what to do when you get up in the morning, before you, oh, glory to God. If he's dictating your actions, you're in trouble, baby. Because when the... When all hell break loose, you won't know how to recover and where to go to. You won't know what to do but just fall up under it. Amen. Who is your God? This is a major problem among believers of the church. For we, like our four parents, Adam and Eve, is quick to buy the lies because they sound convincing and appeal to our brain, but not our heart. With the brain, there's a need to calculate, reason, to reason out, and convince. But with the heart, it is bearing witness to the spirit, and that is done by faith only. The proof is in the word of God which was breathed out of his spirit. So when you get in the word, it is spirit speaking to spirit. And when you depend and trust on that, 
He keeps you from falling. He keeps you from fainting. He keeps you from being overcome by the cares of this world. And he is the only source that can do that. There is no Arthur. There's not another book. There's not a human being. There's not even a group of beings that can do what Jesus can do for us. You need to get your mind on Jesus in the cross and get it off of what's going on out there in that world. Because if you don't, we'll fall under. We'll fall under. God didn't ask Adam and Eve to reason things out when he gave them instructions about what they could or could not eat in that garden. Now, you, you, man, human beings are a trip, but then uh, they were motivated by an unclean spirit, otherwise they wouldn't have been a trip. You've been put in a garden, and everything in it but one little tree you can't have, and you bypass everything to go to that one tree. Now, you know that's Satan. Anytime that we do stuff that don't make sense and it's crazy, that's, that's the influence of Satan. In the Bible, it says he's the spirit of ignorance. That's in the Bible. When I say that, I'm talking about the Bible. Okay. Because only him will make you act stupid. Especially if you're born again, you had a moment of insanity. But thank God he says that if you confess your sins to me, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 says, And Samuel said, Have the Lord a great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Does the Lord require you doing sacrifices and, and burning at the, off, at, at, at the altar or to obey his voice? That's what he's asking. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Okay, to obey, that means to do what you hear that comes from the Lord. Hearken means to not only hear but to do. Then to sacrifice rams on the, off, on the, on the altar. Because when we obey what we hear, that's a move of, our, of your heart. All those other things is a move of your flesh. And the Bible says there's no good thing in the flesh, so we don't please God. He is displeased because he says that it gives off a bad aroma in his nostrils. It's like, can you imagine what flesh smells like when it's burning? And that's what's happening. Your flesh is burning up with sin, and it gives off a stench. But when we sacrificially obey by faith, it gives off a sweet-smelling yeah. aroma. Yeah. The same thing over in Mark, Mark, Mark 12, 33, passed by. But I believe in that chapter is, is, is uh, the prophet was talking to Saul because, you know, he was crazy <laughs> and jealous and, and devious, calculating, because he was operating in fear. 
because he knew David was more powerful than him. And David was only powerful because David loved the Lord. He praised and worshiped the Lord all the time, not because he was so good, but he just knew who his God was. <laughs> That's what made him so good because he knew who his God was and he knew how to go to him when he sinned and he knew how to cry out to him and he knew how to praise him and tell God about how wonderful he is. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, Mark 12 says, and to love him, this is what God wants us to do because he's, he's talking to the scribes about the commandments of God and the most important commandment of God is to love God with all of us. So he says, and to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding and with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, if you love him with your heart, that's the beginning. And then you seek to have understanding out of his word, deepens that love so that it will go down to the soul. Because as we major in his word, his word delivers your soul. He changed us in salvation. He changed the heart. But the heart begins to crave and desire to want to know him more. So you get in his word. When you get in his word, his word delivers your soul, which is bound. Yes. It, it didn't get free at salvation. It's still bound. And that's why he tells us to be in his word. In order for you to really be free. You may think you're free because some things don't bother you. But your soul is still bound because until you understand that what's gonna keep you from being bothered by stuff is the life and truth of Jesus, not your own ability. Because you can fail at any moment, okay? So it has to be the word of God and his love that's allowing you to not be moved and bothered by stuff that automatically affects the flesh but that there's no good thing in. We, we have to operate in love and then seek to have understanding so our souls can be delivered and then we are built up with a strength that comes from knowing Christ, not from being lowest. And when you have that kind of love, it delivers you and free you from being uh, judgmental, from being discriminating, uh, from being... Uh, uh, all the little idiosyncrasies that we have so that you can love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because see, that kind of love is so freeing, it begins to let you see who you really are so that you can get in the face of your savior and say, cleanse me, free me, Lord. I want to be right in your sight. And the more freer that you become, the more understanding you are about others and you see people in a different light than how you used to see them when you were bound. He said that's far greater than any kind of thing you can bring to the altar and burn up, burn your soul up, burn up sin. <laughs> and, and see, this is who we are to be as disciples of Christ. This is how we are like, like our master and following after him. As disciples of Christ, we are followers of Christ as born again covenant believers, this is all our little titles. That's the name that God has given us. Are you living up to your name? Or instead, you are still bickering and dividing among your sisters and brothers in Christ with the cares of this world. 
and getting in bed with unbelievers of the world. Romans 8, 14 through 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again. As children of God, we don't have the spirit of bondage, which is what the world will put us into, okay, to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. We've been adopted into a kingdom family, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, our Father. The spirit itself, the spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Remember I talked about bearing, the truth is to bear witness with the spirit of the living God, okay? And if we are children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with somebody means you reap the same benefits that they get. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. It means that because you belong to him and the world don't like him, the world hates him, you will be persecuted and you will have to suffer for the word's sake. But the reward is far greater than any little uncomfort and suffering that you may experience on this side of heaven. And plus, he says, I'm with you. I send my spirit to comfort you. Even when you feel like an outcast, he will comfort you if you go to him and say, Lord, I I, I need you. Help me. He will comfort you while that person is still maybe on the outcast with you, but eventually he will make them your footstool. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. It talked about, I talked about being all caught up with the cares of the world. Go over to Mark 4. Mark 4 and uh, verse 19. And it's talking about the sowers that sow the seed, the sower that sows the seeds. And the sower is God. The seed is his word. And, and, And he's talking about what kind of heart is being put in. Okay, so in 19, this is the kind of heart that's that is being put in. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choked the word and it became unfruitful. That was a heart that was, had, had some issues because it let all the cares of the world put up thorns and things around it to keep the seed from going down into the, to the earth. Your heart is, is considered as the earth. So nothing can get in. That's good. Are y'all with me? Okay, all right. Then uh, go over to Luke 8. See what Luke says about that same scripture. Luke 8 and verse 14. And he says, and now remember in these chapters, Jesus is the one that's speaking. Okay. And that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life. (laughs) Did you hear that? When we are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, it brings no fruit to perfection. 
because that's not what God called us. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything that you need, he will give it unto you. We we don't have to uh, seek for all of this stuff in order for us to be content. We've been duped to think so. Because we listen to what the world is saying about happiness and pleasures. We need to listen to what God says about joy and peace. Supersedes happiness and supersedes any kind of pleasure. Because your happiness is predicated on circumstances, people, situations, and location. But joy is predicated on who's in your heart. Who said, I'm never going to leave you. So your joy will not dissipate unless you choose to let it happen. I have a little sidebar. This is not the message, but I have a little sidebar. I'm going to start picking again. I need to read out of David Jeremiah's, his, his, his uh, commentary when uh, uh, talking about, um, because in all of that, bottom line to what Paul was telling us in, in, in Philippians, is telling us how to be in unity and in harmony and in love and peace with God so that we will work, walk out and work the gospel into the world for all people to see. But it also as keeps us, you know, it's like a two-edged sword, but it keeps us faithful and true to what God has called us to do in this world. And what have we called us to do? We're worrying about the other kind of purpose that says you're anointed and powerful. The main purpose is, is to preach the gospel to, uh, to unbelievers. And so... Um, David Jeremiah says, um, being in the form of God, remember in that verse when he talked about uh, God said, which is, which is so powerful, because God says how he is not, um, he found it not, let me go back to the scripture instead of me trying to paraphrase it. Okay, go back over to Philippians. Because uh, that is really, really, so in, uh, in, in, intriguing to me how Jesus is of di- divinity, but he had to put that aside to suffer for us, to come as a man and, 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 uh, and, 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 and die for our sins. And, and so it, it, it says that in verse 6, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross that is that is that is so powerful that he took on something that he he wasn't in order to free us you know, what a what a a, a a sacrifice, and 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 then he had to he had to take off divinity, he had to take off the divinity to become like us in order to suffer for us to redeem us. When he said he he thought it not robbery to be equal to God. Well, when you think about that, even with with us, he wants us to be like him. So it's not robbery to be like him, but don't think you are him. Amen. Like some of these false religions and stuff are. So 
okay, so this is what David says. He says, writing is so fine. Being in the form of God, of God does not refer to Christ's outer appearance, but his genuine inner identity. All that God is, Jesus Christ was, is, and ever will be. The word used here for being, being occurs 59 times in the New Testament, and every time it refers to prior existence. But he became a man. Jesus not only existed eternally, but also existed eternally as God. Being not simply like God, but the very nature and substance of God, which is what we're striving for, okay? Mm. Yet because he cared about the human plight more than his own benefit, he gave up the independent use of his attributes to serve those he loved. That's what messed me up. Uh, let me read that again. He gave up the independent use of his attributes to serve those that he loved. Wow, beautiful. Yes. Wow. You, now that's humility. Yeah. It takes a strength to be humble. It's not a sign of weakness. Weakness is pride. But it takes a strength to be humble, a humble enough to regard others even above yourself, but to regard how you can be in order to help somebody else, regardless to what you are. Oh, my God. That, that messed me up this morning. Okay. So I, 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 I had to go back to that. Okay. Because that's what we need to put our focus on. If we're going to be like our Lord and Savior and be a follower of him, we need to explore his word to know about that. Amen. Amen. And, and if we don't, we will never come to the understanding of who we really are in Christ. We will not come up to the bar of what he set for us. And when you meet him at judgment day, he's going to ask you, what have you done? You heard but what did you do? Amen. We are responsible for every bit of truth that we hear. Yes. Yes. We don't have the opportunity and the right to hear truth and discard it and go on about doing like we normally do and think we got it going on. No, baby, you got to answer at the end of this time. Amen. And I want to be by his side while he's judging the world. Not trying to come up with some weird answer to why I fail. See, you know what our problem is? We think here on earth is it. We put everything into living here now with no regard about the hereafter. But see, here, here and now was only for a designated time. The hereafter is for eternity. So you best better be preparing, be preparing for eternity because right now is basic training. And if you don't get basic training here, you're going to miss it for eternity. There is a life after this flesh. And you will be tormented for eternity when you could be living in heavenly bliss with our Lord and Savior. 
Okay, now for my little tidbit of gonna take us off of that. I hope it don't get you out of the spirit. Although we are wearing masks and daily being encouraged to, we are told that for our protection, it is enforced to supposedly keep us safe, yet curfews are constantly being reinstated due to the reports of more deaths. My question is, why? If we're, being, we're doing what we say we're supposed to do. How safe are we with the mask on? There is no lack for them. For anywhere where you go where there is merchandise being sold, there are masks there. And you may be going to buy furniture. Masks are there for sale. You may be in the clothing department. Wherever you go, I don't care where you go, and go see your doctor. You can get a mask, okay? So there's no lack of, of them. And, 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 you, and you see people are using them as, a, as a, a protective covering to cover them up. So why is this virus still out of control? That's not it either. That's maybe a part of it, that's not it. And what is the answer to stop it to allow us to live life normally? The normal I'm speaking of is to breathe naturally and to go in and out without needing to cover our faces when we come in contact with another human because that's not how God created us. Since it is airborne, can animals, birds, and sea creatures get COVID? Since they aren't wearing masks, which is great because they, they, they're deceptive naturally, so we don't need them covering up to add more fear to us. I don't know about you, but I miss seeing the faces of people which tells the story about them. You can be sitting next to a serial killer or a disguised enemy and not know it. We don't speak with our eyes alone, but with our whole facial. I'm tired of inhaling my own bacteria and sometimes bad breath. Nose running, even though it wasn't before I put the mask on. Which is, which, you know, really drives me crazy because I put the mask on to go into the store. As soon as I get in the store, my nose is running. And I hate to even try to wipe my nose so they won't think I have COVID. <laughs> my glasses all fogged up. And I'm feeling like I'm having a hot flash. And I never had a hot flash before. But I'm, I'm hot and sweaty because I'm all, ooh. Shopping is not even enjoyable anymore. But since everything else is closed up, that's the only thing I can do. How long, Lord, must we suffer and live a compromising lifestyle? You said, I give you life and that more abundantly, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So I know this is not your plan or desire. Therefore, we expect declare and decree your plan for abundant life and we decree resurrected life in Christ and also a desolation of the spirit of darkness and infirmity from our land. We take back dominion over our souls and bodies in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and we say, Lord, you reign over this earth. 
the same fervor we have against the insurrection on last Wednesday, we should have that same fervor for the few months back when there was riot, rioting, looting, and violation of the law. For sin is sin, and it is not in God's sight, divided or predicated by who, where, and whom is doing it. What battle are we fighting? We need to be fighting against the spirit of darkness that has declared war on our bodies and our minds in this earth. And, 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 and when we fight a particular ba battle, then what does it denote as far as what war are we really in? Do you know the war that you're in? Because if you know the, right, the war that you're in, you'll know how to fight the right battle. Now, let me just reference this. This is not a plea to stop you from wearing your mask, Amen. but to provoke the thought about our new lifestyle Amen. that was not given by the Lord. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. Call to salvation. Yes, this is a good time because I want to introduce you to a man that is the man of all men, Amen. knows all, Amen. can do all, Amen. and perfect you on this side of heaven. Amen. He can demolish your fears and your cares and give you new life. And if you have not confessed him, or if you just spoke some words, but that wasn't your heart, and you're ready now to say it because you believe it, then just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner who wants to be saved. I confess my sins to you and put them on your altar to receive your saving grace. So Jesus, I invite you, come into my life and save me, free me, so I can live for you. I thank you for the gift of salvation. And I'm asking you for the gift of your Holy Spirit to keep me so I can live faithfully towards you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For the benediction. <laughs> Lord, I pray that your word has gone down into good hearts, fertilized hearts, hearts that are open and ready to receive and it just sinks right down in and then it's cultivated and, it, and it, then it germinates and we have a harvest of plenty, good fruit, Father. I thank you that, that you will bring us into a greater knowledge of who you are so that we can walk in peace and in love and in joy in Jesus' name. And I pray for traveling mercies for everyone as we leave this place, that we will reach our next destination uh, whole with no problems and no trouble, and that we will go out and tell others about Jesus, our Savior. Amen.